0: When I tell you that I had literal chills during today's podcast episode interview, it is no joke. Chelsea is an emotional trauma coach, and because I personally have been feeling the heaviness of the profession of being a nurse, of pandemic nursing, and I've had so many people reach out, you know, I'm just not sure how to process the grief. I'm not sure how to handle the burnout. I'm feeling these overwhelm of emotions, but I don't even know what they mean or you know how to navigate through them. And while I don't have all the tools and resources, I know that I have this platform and this space to bring in people who do have the tools and resources, who are as experts in the field. And Chelsea is exactly that. She gives us so many real, raw, vulnerable insights to how to navigate our emotions, you know, the physiological processes that are going on inside of our body, how to, you know, provide compassionate care when maybe your patient doesn't hold the same belief as you, you know, really taking a step back and realizing that, you know, we all are living through the same world right now. You know, we are all experiencing the same things but perception is different for every single person. So learning how to create the space for yourself to navigate how you're feeling is going to help you by default show up better at work. And because you're somebody who is invested in personal growth and you're listening to this podcast right now, I know you care about being a better version of you. So I hope that you find this week's podcast episode as insightful and as impactful as I did. Because again, this is not one of those like I have this all figured out type of things. This is like... I'm navigating this in real time right alongside you, and I'm so excited to go back and re-listen this podcast episode again and again and again to help me grow my toolbox and my resource knowledge to better help serve my patients and you as my community listeners of Built to Be You. Welcome, Chelsea, to the Built to You podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with us. And I'm so excited to just uncover this real raw topic that we're going to be chatting about. So just start off by sharing us a little bit about you and who you are. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I'm Chelsea. I'm
1: an emotional trauma coach. Um. My specific area of um, working with people is through the nervous system. I, what I do is I help people reshape their nervous system from trauma um, because as, as time goes on, we accumulate this trauma in our nervous system and our nervous system really doesn't have the capacity to understand time. Um, So we keep responding as though we're still in traumatic experiences rather than being present um, for our daily lives. So.
0: I love that. And just for the listener who's listening right now, like I am unpacking this with you. (laughs) I have had a lot of people coming to me recently, specifically nurses who are just struggling with the trauma and the coping of everything pandemic related, um, you know, and just holding compassionate care for patients who don't have the same views. So I'm really excited to just like dive into this with you, like these messy uncharted waters, they're like way out of my area of expertise. But that's why we have Chelsea with us today to help kind of guide us through and give us some tangible tools and resources to navigate, you know, the season that we're in together. So let's Mm -hmm. start off by chatting a little bit more about the nervous system. Can you just break that down for us for the listener who's listening? And they're like, where do I even start? You know, what, what do you mean the nervous system? Like what are emotions? You know, how do we name emotions, those kinds of things? Absolutely. Um, So
1: trauma, essentially the the simplest way to explain it is any event that overwhelms our nervous system's ability to respond Mm -hmm. and to effectively remove us from danger or threat. Um, So I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with like fight, flight, and freeze. Mm -hmm. That's our nervous system's way of removing us from danger or evading danger. And when we don't have the inner tools and inner resources to respond to that danger in a way that um, moves us towards safety, that event becomes too much for our nervous system to cope with. So then we begin to respond through potentially a wide array of, of um, experiences. This can cause anxiety. This can cause depression. This can cause um, hypervigilance. This can cause procrastination all sorts of things start to bubble up because our nervous system is just trying to find a way to create safety. Mm -hmm. Even if our trauma had happened 20 years ago, we still may be responding as though our nervous system is present in that trauma.
0: I love that. And for me, I don't know why, like my first reaction, whenever I think of fight, flight, or freeze is like your typical, like, like running away from a lion scenario. And so I Mm -hmm. think about this like big, like scene But elaborate a little, like trauma doesn't have to be this big elaborate scene. Like it doesn't have to be us getting chased by a lion. What are some examples of like maybe everyday trauma that you encounter that can, you know, evoke that nervous system dysregulation? Absolutely. Um, So our nervous systems are shaped by our past experiences.
1: So likely, it's not to say that we can't have trauma later in life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but likely, a lot of our our nervous system is based upon our early experiences. So something as seemingly small as um, maybe not having a parent present, you know, maybe having a, a parent that is inconsistent, can convey to us that we are unsafe, and so we start to make those small adaptations. Being um, maybe we start to strive for achievements as a way to get recognized by that parent. And then later in life, um, we see that in jobs, we kind of burn ourselves out. We find that, um, there's never enough for us to do. Like we're always on to the next and we're kind of go, go, go. And this can be a way that our nervous system had adapted to find safety in an environment where we didn't feel like we were being recognized or where we were being loved or connected with or seen. Does that kind of help explain that?
0: Yeah, it does. I I really love that. And I think back to specifically chatting about nurses, I, at least from my own personal experience from mentees and just chatting with nurses, every nurse has a why of why they got into healthcare. And I think a lot of times, not necessarily that it had to be a traumatic experience, but it was an experience in the past that shaped their perception of mm-hmm. nurses. And so I think a lot of time nurses either one, completely forget about, you know, what was my reason for taking this route? But on the other hand, like using that to like root them, like I know that for me, I always think back to that. And Mm -hmm. like just hearing you chat, like it was having a mom who was divorced, who was going through breast cancer and treatment and all those things. Like while that was a traumatic experience, I feel like I kind of chose to see the light and, you know, be like, I want to be that nurse in that light and, you know, another patient's life. So I love that. I think that that's really powerful. And I think that sometimes I heard you talking about like anxiety and procrastination and all of these mm-hmm. different emotions. And for me personally, I feel like navigating, I'm bringing new self-awareness to emotions, but learning to name emotions and not as good versus bad. Do you have mm-hmm. any like tangible tools when it comes to that? Like, how do you go through emotions rather than like sit in them, if that makes sense? Right, right. Rather, you know,
1: than feeling stuck or trapped by them.
0: Yes. Um, the first recommendation
1: that I would make is familiarize yourself with an emotions wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that it looks is you kind of have this inner circle, which are easy to name emotions, kind of like happy, sad, Um maybe disgusted, angry, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of expand and you start to get into um, a more variety of emotions. So that are a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Specific. So these can then go into like Surprise and confusion and joyful or frustrated or irritable. And so as you kind of expand on that um, wheel, you start to understand that it doesn't just stop with angry. Mm -hmm. I can really draw out what I'm really feeling. Um, And emotions also come from an interesting place. We, we learn to understand emotions through our caregivers. So if we had emotionally mature, intelligent caregivers, um, we would have been able to have examples of certain emotions. Right. And that's not to say anything bad about our parents, but sometimes they just don't know, you know, they haven't had somebody to teach them. And, um, so we, we respond the way that our parents do until we get a deeper understanding of, okay, this is really what grief looks like this is really what joy looks like. So just familiarizing yourself with all the emotions that are out there rather than just happy, sad, angry, um, would definitely be a good place to start. And then maybe making it a daily practice to write out today. I felt this, you Mm -hmm. know, and the reason I know I felt this is because of the sensation in my body or, um, the, you know, I was smiling more often, you know, if it was something like joy, I was smiling more often. I was laughing. I was bright. Um, I ate, which made me feel good. So therefore increased my joy, something along those lines.
0: Right. And when I hear you saying that, like, Mm -hmm. it's just the simple process of slowing down and Mm -hmm. really processing and spending time and sitting with, you know, how did I feel today? And Mm -hmm. for nurses, especially recently, There's a lot of emotionally charged shifts and what I see happening through mentees that I work with and through just conversations is nurses come home and they maybe, maybe feed themselves Mm -hmm. and then go straight to bed. And so Mm -hmm. what are the negative effects of, you know, not dealing? I know that some nurses are like listening to this and they're like, they don't necessarily see the things that happen throughout a shift as trauma, um, you know, but I I do think that there's so much value in recognizing that, like I said, it's emotionally charged, it's heavy. So again, what are the negative effects of not spending that time with the trauma that you encounter on a day-to-day basis?
1: Right. Okay. Um, well, the biggest piece being counter-transference, meaning that we are essentially taking on the weight of, you know, Potentially, the patients that we're dealing with as nurses, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, We're taking on their not only their emotions, but energetically, we're taking on all of those things that are coming from those patients, and not to mention the environment. It's, I can imagine sometimes it's, uh, it's a really tough place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So by being in that environment, taking that on for patients and not really having a place for it, it can start to weigh on us physically and mentally, meaning that this might lead to something like um, not feeling physically well, this Mm -hmm. deep exhaustion that won't go away. It might turn into procrastination. It might turn into like kind of self-sabotaging behaviors, meaning We're not eating, we're not going out for a walk, we're not doing dishes, we're not doing laundry, we're not taking care of ourselves and doing things that make us feel good. Um, But from an emotional standpoint, we just start to wear so thin that there's no, there's no space even for ourselves to show up as nurses. There's no space for you to show up and say, hey, what do I need? Mm -hmm. You know, like we don't, you wouldn't have the capacity to slow down and just be like, Wow, I spent all day caring for others. What do I need to do for myself?
0: Yes, yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. And the listener who's listening, if they listen to Built to Be You frequently, they know that I leave my place of integrity where I ask mm-hmm. myself every, before every single shift, you know, like, what do I need today before I go give to others? And it's mm-hmm. a simple but powerful question. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that that consistent wear and tear cycles back to our nervous system and just the long-term physiological effects that I'm assuming that it has on our day-to-day life, right? Absolutely. Am I making that connection right?
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. It uh, it creates what's called allostatic load. So it wears on our capacity to um, navigate stress and, and chaos and difficult situations. So imagine having this this window of what's comfortable. And as we don't, you know, slow down and be with ourselves and fill our own cup, um, per se, that window of what we can navigate then becomes smaller and smaller.
0: And what you call it? The allostatic?
1: Allostatic load.
0: Allostatic load. I mm-hmm. love that. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm sure nurses at this point are so tired of like the woo woo we fill up your cup before everybody else you can't pull from an empty cup but I love that you're like backing it up with like science based, you know, terminology like, Mm -hmm. and it just kind of goes to like self validate and self approve that we're not quote unquote broken. That it is something so much deeper. And while a lot of the things are outside of ourselves, you know, you can't always control the environment or the patient load or the acuity or, you know, how sick the patients are, but you can control how you show up for yourself outside of work. So I love that you just validated that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love this work because I get to show people, I, I, I can finally tangibly show people that it's not you. Like Mm -hmm. this is quite literally your biology. You have intelligently adapted to the things that you've gone through so that you can be here and survive now. And, Mm -hmm. and it just relieves this immense amount of shame and also is so self validating. It's like, wow, my body's actually trying to take care of me not in the way we want it to, but in a way that is so really creative and intelligent.
0: Yes. And I think about, you know, this concept of leaving work at work. Mm -hmm. And I know we had already touched a little bit on, you know, how to process and create that space for yourself. But realistically, just from the work that you've done, the people that you've worked with, Mm -hmm. is it possible to separate life from work and vice versa? Or, you know, trauma from self? Or, you know, like, is there a way to make that Separation. Does that make sense? Right. Um, what we do, it, it is possible. We can
1: cut ourselves off from from certain parts of ourselves or um, certain work or tasks or environments. But what we do is we lose the wisdom in making those parts of us one whole piece. Um, so we start to lose connection with potentially um, our bodies. That is, that is one of the biggest places that we start to lose connection with is um, when something doesn't feel safe to actually embody it and feel it, we may become numb. You know, we might start to have chronic pains, which are all can lead back to trying to get our attention, trying to say, hey, there's something here we need to deal with. There's something here we need to look at. And our body is very intelligent in that way of holding space or at least trying to convey that there's something here to be felt there's something here to to feel through and be with
0: yes and mm-hmm. i truly do think that nurses are some of like the most sick humans in the sense of like they are so numb like things that we experience on a day to day other humans in the outside world would be like actually wtf you know like yeah. you know whether that's coding a patient doing chest compressions for an hour or losing three to four patients in one shift and so it's like you don't have to pretend Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's all okay. And I think that it's a little bit of societal norms and societal pressure to just like normalize hurt in the Mm -hmm. sense of like, we've been in this for two years now. And so it feels like it should be getting easier, but it's not. And so for the person who's listening, who is feeling a lot of that shame of like, I should be able to handle this better. You know, I should be able to navigate or go through this better. Do you have any just like words or wisdom for her?
1: Absolutely.
0: Um,
1: I just want all of the listeners to know that you are absolutely valid in feeling burnt out, Mm -hmm. in feeling that you can't handle what you're going through, in feeling that um, it's difficult to take care of yourself, it's difficult to feel good. You work in a very traumatic environment and that is no small feat, especially for a nervous system that may have previously had um, maybe childhood experiences that were traumatic. That is double the weight that you're adding to yourself. So absolutely, it's okay to feel like sometimes you don't know how to navigate it.
0: Yeah. I love that. I literally just got like the chills because (laughs) like, like just you can tell through your voice that you care about the work that you do. And I think that that is so powerful in itself because in a world, you know, sometimes where it feels isolating or like that you're all alone or that you're crazy for feeling a certain type of way to know that there's somebody out there who's, you know, willing to understand, but I'm really curious how you got into this, like just realm of work. Like, I know we're kind of backtracking a little bit, but that's
1: okay. Um, actually, it's, well, it first came from my own previous experience and mm-hmm. childhood trauma. Um, just as how you were kind of saying with nurses, like it usually starts by wanting to help or seeing, you know,
0: mm-hmm. a family member
1: go through something. That's kind of how this happened for me. Um, I've gone through my own childhood trauma and experiences and I actually started using writing as an outlet. Um, so I started writing poetry and um, eventually it got to a point where I published this. I self-published two oh books now. That's and, awesome. I had no yeah, idea. Thank you. Um, and once I self-published them, it was a very small portion of like friends and, and family that had read my books. And and then I even had a couple of strangers read my books. But the insights that they came back with were how do you experience emotion so deeply? How do you talk about these things that hurt you like that?
0: And,
1: um, I realized that I had this deep well of resilience to sit with difficult emotions. And I was often the therapist for my friends mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so it, as I started this mission of like, how do I hold more space for my friends? How do I help them navigate what they're going through? How do I sit with my own emotions? I started doing more and more research and I was like, I know that I can help people. I know that I can help them sit with all of these really big emotions and, um, which further led me into discovering the nervous system. And that it is not just all in our heads and we're not broken that biologically we have been shaped this way.
0: I love that. And for the person who's listening to realize that, you know, you didn't just wake up one day and you're like, well, I'm healed. I figured it (laughs) out. Like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and you had Mm. to start where your two feet were. And so whoever is listening right now, overwhelmed by their own emotions, you're not, you know, not really able to create that space for herself or for her patients. Um, realizing that the more tools that you put in your toolbox the more well equipped you're gonna be to handle the tough shifts, tough patient loads, to like come home after work and to be able to navigate and go through your emotions. Um, so I really, I really appreciate you sharing that perspective because I think it's so powerful to you know look in the rearview mirror of other people's lives. And mm-hmm. realize, you know, all that they went through to get to where they're at, because like sometimes yes. for me, it just gives me like that little bit of like hope that like, you know, I will get there one day, too, because yeah. this for me is a lot to unpack. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really powerful. I want to chat about a couple more things before we hop off here. One of them being kind of pivoting into a similar realm of things, holding space um, mm-hmm. to care for patients compassionately. And respect their choices, even when they aren't similar to our own. Um, You know, with everything pandemic, political versus not, pro versus not, like, you know, everybody has such different viewpoints. And I feel like that has been really heavy, specifically for nurses. So just some insight that you have there on, like, how to still stay compassionate um, without letting other people's views, like make that cloudy, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, In understanding other people's views and, and being able to hold them without resentment um, the most beautiful place we can come from is compassion, you know, so maybe just taking a moment to say, you know what, I don't have the experiences that this person has. I, you know, I have not lived their life. And certainly that has shaped their viewpoint and where they're at now. And I can just understand that they're human and they're doing what makes the most sense for them. That doesn't, while that doesn't make sense for me, that makes the most sense for them. And I can respect that rather than um, trying to shift or change their beliefs, which I don't know happens. But um, oftentimes when we have a a belief that's different than our own, um, really what's underneath that is it threatens our safety. Mm -hmm. It's like, a, oh, well, I don't know if we can connect because you don't believe what I believe. So it's easier for me to just resent you and, and keep you at arm's length rather than to accept that we're a little bit different. And maybe I can still find other ways to connect with you.
0: That is such a beautiful perspective. <laughs> and when you said like the, that threatens our safety, it mm-hmm. makes me think about, you know, maybe patients who, you know, vaccination status. I'll say it -hmm. is a big one for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether you do or you don't, and then your patient does or or did or didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. there's that little bit of you who does feel that resentment in that anger. And I think Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to realize that quite literally we are all experiencing the same thing right now, but with different perspectives. And so taking that step back and asking yourself, like, how can I choose to, be compassionate, but also to see it from their point of view, you know, maybe it was something that they experienced in the past that shaped them to make that decision here nor there. And Mm so I, I love that. And it's not easy. It's not something that you're going to fix overnight. It is consistent practice and self-awareness.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was beautiful. I love it. (laughs) That was like one of like the biggest things. And then another thing that I wanted to chat with you about is just grief um, and how to like move through grief, maybe how that ties back to our nervous system and the role that that plays there, you know, maybe when it comes to patient deaths or really just like mentally and emotionally challenging patients um, and really anything you have in that realm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Grief
1: can be such a big and heavy emotion that really many of us are not prepared to feel. And um, I think that anything you can do to build your inner resilience, your inner capacity to sit with more and more of that grief is going to help you be able to process it and navigate it on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. um, which might look like Absolutely. It's, it's what feels the best for you, but I would recommend maybe something like meditation that builds our inner capacity and in um, our ability to sit with our sensations and sit with our mind, even when it's racing. So we start to build a slow tolerance after we meditate for a long time. Um, I recommend movement. Movement is a wonderful way to process and, um, also get a little bit out of our heads. Sometimes it can get really, really busy up there Mm -hmm. and it can be heavy. And when we start to move, we connect back into our body and we make it a safer place to be, therefore allowing that grief to come in and we can hold space for it. Um, Some other things are taking cold showers, which doesn't really sound that fun. (laughs) (laughs) My Um, face was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What that does is it's just kind of like meditation. We start to build a slow tolerance for that discomfort, and that'll help us in all areas of our life by building more of a tolerance for discomfort in work, in relationships, um, with our kids, you know, in our environments. So those are just a few of the tools that we could use to sit with grief.
0: I love that. And those are such simple tools that not a lot of us would associate with emotional resilience, grief resilience, you know, just that Mm -hmm. inner resilience that you were talking about. And I think um, a lot of times, nurses specifically, it's like, well, I'm already busy enough. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm at work for 12 plus hours a day, and you want me to meditate? You want me to work out? And so Mm -hmm. it but it's, it's a mindset shift to realize that if you put purpose behind the action rather than just doing it to check it off your list, mm-hmm. that in the long term, it's going to benefit you, not just as a human, but as a professional. So Absolutely. I think that that was a really powerful perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the cold showers, I don't know if I've been doing that. We'll-, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we'll think about it. Right. <laughs> but it's th- that like it, the association now that you say that. Like I never would have had that perspective before of like the finding comfort and discomfort and how that relates back to our emotions and the way we hold space and process. Like I never would have made that connection without you being here today. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Is there any other just last minute golden nuggets, pieces of advice that you want to share with the listeners? Um,
1: Above all, I would just say, make space for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, take time to, I know, I can only imagine that you are so busy and so exhausted and so worn, Um, but even if it's just a a minute of sitting there and placing your hands over your heart and saying, you know what, I've done so much work today. Mm -hmm. I love you, you know, letting yourself that you know that that you're loved and that you're seen and that you're felt um can go such a long way even though it seems really really small
0: yeah and it's the small effort and the small actions over time that help us just grow as humans that deeper inner connection so I think that that's beautiful I think that's a great note to end on uh um, yeah. can you share with us you know where we can connect with you where we can find you all the fun things that you're up to absolutely um
1: So I really am mostly on Instagram. She makes really fun reels. (laughs) (laughs) I have so much fun making them. Um, So I'm really glad that, you know, Instagram kind of became TikTok a little bit, but um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram very often. TikTok is very new for me. Um, But yeah, those those are the Amazing places you can find me. I'm working on starting a podcast here soon. Oh, um, yeah. um I'm open to taking on one-on-one clients at the time, but other That's than that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, I will put all of your stuff down in the show notes. That way, they can come easily find you and connect with you. And again, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here today for holding this space for us to, you know, go through this emotional uncovering together. It is mm-hmm. simply just the starting point, but I know that myself and the people who are listening are going to get so much value moving forward. Just making the small shifts and creating that space for themselves. So, thank you. Of course, yeah, you're welcome.